he's got like a like a Brent Berry thing going on. You know what I mean? Like obviously, yeah. I don't think he's six foot six or whatever Brent Berry was. Uh, but you're, he's got like there, six there's two. He's up there. Oh, is he? Okay, but he yeah, does look two. like my guess is your dad can shoot a basketball. Oh my God, you have no dude for real. My dad is a hooper. Yeah, my dad taught me how to play ball, and he can he can play, man. Especially you know, going back a few years, like his jump shot is pure, like legit one of the best shooters that I've ever met. Yeah, in in person, and like every like you can go to Langley if we go to Virginia, like to that base to to the gym on base. And my dad walks in. They respect it. They still. Oh, they know. Like, that's Yo. gonna do. That's gonna be the best feeling as a as a white dude to walk onto a basketball court mm-hmm. and have everybody like, oh, that's uh, that's James yeah. Hancock the second over there. <laughs> yeah, they call him. I call him, They call him Drano. In Hampton, they call him. They call him Drano. He don't miss, man. I'm telling you. But now it's a little. It's a little different now. This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist. Casey McLean. All right, this is my third attempt to record this intro. The first one, I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't good, which is a common problem on this podcast. This is Casey McLean, by the way, and this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Uh, third attempt because the first attempt I sucked. And then the second attempt, the mic boom arm that I use collapsed on me mid mid intro. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, please subscribe. Go to if you're on your podcatching app, click subscribe so you can get it every week. Uh, new podcast comes out every Wednesday. It's mostly comedians, but uh, it's mostly me talking to comedians. But there's also a little bit of me talking about current events, and then occasionally I will have a non-comedian on. In fact, this week's guest is a comedian, uh, James Hancock III, but next week's guest is not. He is the most prominent baseball writer who I could get on the podcast. And I thought it was also fun. Like, everybody should be funny. The point of this is that I want to get funny people on here, and I don't want to be... Uh, so precious about that they have to be comedians. So that being said, this week's guest is a fantastic comedian. We're ending 2020 strong. James Hancock III. Uh, I said this to James on the podcast, but I fully believe he will be famous one day. And I haven't said that to any of the other guests. You haven't heard me say it, but I think James Hancock III will be famous. He's very funny. And he's a good-looking dude that's already got quite a bit of inertia. And he's charismatic, good-looking. I don't know if I've just said good-looking twice or once, but if I said it twice, know that I meant it twice. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, though, please uh, find me on Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash the Casey McLean. First, uh, first tier, I think there's only one tier. Starts out at five bucks. I know things are tight, but... Fuck your family! I need money! There we go. That's a, that's a must be. I think that that's a must play every time I have the soundboard hooked up. But I do think, I do think, this is what I think I'm going to do. Uh, and I'd love to have your feedback on it. I think I'm going to replace every sound clip on this soundboard and just call it the the Larry David Memorial, not Memorial because he's not dead, but the Larry David board. 
let's just get a bunch of Larry David clips on there. That's the way we should do things. That's the way we should live our lives. So anyway, James Hancock is a veteran. He's a very funny comedian who I did the Seattle International Comedy Competition with. The the week I was with him, I think I took ninth out of 16. And he took first place almost every night, took first place in our week, I believe. He ended up taking third place overall in the competition. I'll tell you that I think he got fucked. I have a lot of I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot of opinions about comedy competitions, period. Um, and the idea, comedy competitions are not necessarily a meritocracy. I'll say that. I was very upset, by the way, to find out, uh, sometime after James had wiped the floor with me that he's been doing comedy, I think a year less than I have a year less time than I have. Very, very frustrating, (laughs) but he's, he's very funny, very talented dude. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking to him. We t- it was a wide-ranging set of topics. It's funny the whole way through, I think. And he might be the first guy who's ever asked me to edit out the funniest part of the podcast. So you're not going to hear it. I'm sorry. Maybe one day when he's famous, I'll hold him hostage over it, and you can hear it then. But I'm not going to fuck over comedians. <laughs> and if they if they say something that is, no matter how hilarious, that... Is not great for their uh, for their image and persona. <laughs> I'm cutting it out. All right, my allegiance is to comedians first. So uh, follow James Hancock the Third everywhere at Hancock Comedy. He's on uh, TikTok, Instagram. Let me make sure that's that's actually accurate. Uh, real quickly on my phone. This is not good. Pod. Hancock Comedy, no underscore on Instagram. Boy, am I bad at, uh, let's go Hancock, Hancock Comedy, no underscore on TikTok. And I think on Twitter, it's Hancock Comedy with an underscore. So follow him everywhere. Uh, check out his YouTube page, support his clips, support this podcast, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. Uh, okay, James Hancock III, here he is. Enjoy him. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeah, all right. Do you guys hear each other? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let me know if you need help.
Thank you. All right. Thank you for letting your uh you had your orderly, your nurse. That sounded like they, if you need, <laughs> just push the button if you need another drip of morphine there, James. Some more morphine. Let me see, where do I want to be? This is, what is this, Wisconsin? No, you know, you're kind of robbing me of the one joy of this being on Zoom is that I would get to see inside your house. Oh. Well, I'm in front of a green screen. I mean, I could move really? to another area and you could see the house. Yeah. Wow. that's I got to get the home green screen. That's the next step, I think. Now, see, now I got to try to figure out how to take, oh, there we go, none. Okay. Yeah, see. Oh look at that! You you don't you can you don't have to do that if you don't. Is this like in a bedroom? Yeah, it's like the get like the guest bedroom creation t station. Damn. Kind of place, you know. what I'm saying yeah, this is where I also do my do my my playstationing. Oh yeah, and such. I, I see. Yeah, I see. That's good. Yeah. Right on. But I know um, it's set up here and at the green screen. I, mean, I could change it to where it's not. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Is that would you rather me now? You can do whatever you like. I, I like the background too. I was just uh, I'm making conversation here. You know. Oh, no, you're I'm, I don't. I don't want to fight over this. We're gonna fight over plenty. No, it's pretty. It's pretty bright. Okay. I mean, you know what? I'm putting a. I'm putting one on myself now. That's it. Look at there. Oh, shit. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Dude I, dude, I realized I'm so upset at how uncomfortable I look in every version of that picture. By the way. <laughs> um, I'm giving it. Oh, now it's really bright. Uh, I'm giving it the. I'm going to give you the Golden Gate Bridge, I think, in honor of the. Did you do the <laughs> San Francisco International Comedy Competition, by the way? No. No, I didn't. I didn't do that one. I want to though. I want to do that one. I hit up. Uh, I like responded to something that fuck his name's escaping me. Peter. Peter, right? Peter posted some shit, and I was like, I was like, man, I sure would love to do San Francisco next. And then he commented and was like, he was like, you didn't get enough of me in Seattle. I was like, <laughs> Peter, don't, don't fucking, don't, <laughs> don't fucking make it weird, man. <laughs> Mike, can it was I almost, I, this? He was like. Can I have this be yeah, part of the yeah. podcast, this thing we're doing right now? Yeah, is already recording? Oh, I'm already yeah, recording, yeah, yeah. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know in yeah, case. Yeah, edit that shit in there. I've had one Yeah, no, I, lo I love ever. Peter. Yeah, Peter's great. Is this the way, like, something? Because he's like, like, when a dad says some shit, and you be like, Dad, that, that means something completely different than what you think <laughs> is meaning. <laughs> That's Peter, <laughs> He was like, God damn it, Dad! You can't say it like that. You gotta, you gotta say it different, okay? Yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna be weird. <laughs> I P Peter's interesting. Uh, he tells like he's got so many comedy stories, uh, from like yeah. way back. I've actually, by the way, like, uh, and Peter, if you're listening, I've heard that Peter was like a decent comic in his day. Like oh, yeah, when I, when I, he did I, comedy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Shit, he did. There was a couple nights he fucking. Uh, especially where was it at? He there was one night during the, the finals week that he was just crushing, like, mm -hmm. like he was up there. We was we was in the back, like, damn, Peter, you trying to compete, motherfucker? Dang, you fuck. <laughs> he was up there for like twenty. I think normally he tried to do like like five, maybe he was up there for like fifteen, almost twenty. He's just like, oh, let me dip into my bag real quick. Let these young whippersnappers know I still got some juice up here. Yeah, I'm like, dude. all right, Peter. 
Yeah, it was like I mean, I'm sure he pulled a hamstring as a result of it or something like that. <laughs> you know, bringing it bringing it out the the one uh, taking one shot at it. But so you and I did what might be the last ever Seattle International Comedy Competition. That's, oh, I, ho- I hope that's not true, man. But I, uh, yeah, that was uh, such a great experience. Such a good experience. I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm. The pandemic is actually good in this way because I think that it held your career back enough that by the time I got over losing. Uh, you were still not famous enough that... <laughs> because <Yes. laughs> you, you're one of these guys that I can't stand, which uh, you rely on charisma, good looks, talent, good joke writing to get ahead. You know, it's fucking upsetting. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, but people with a, with a marginal talent like myself look at a guy like you and I'm like, this guy should not be doing stand up comedy. He should be uh, doing, you know, commercial acting and. Um, and, and now you're relegated goal. to that. Yeah, man, you're, you're that's the goal. It seems like you're one of the people. I talked to another dude named Brent Pella, who's kind of uh, that sounds so familiar. He's an LA comic, but he's done, he's like in the pandemic, his sketches have gotten really big. Um, and you're another guy that's like kind of making a, a little bit of a career push in the pandemic on something that's not exactly stand up, right? You've done a bunch of commercials. Yeah, I was able to, I was, I was blessed enough to get an agent during the pandemic. Like I had Damn. reached out to them. Uh, it's called Shaman Freitas. It's, it's just a, a, a agency here in San Diego. I reached out to them when I first moved out here, like really late in 2018. And they were like, ah, nah. And then during the pandemic, I reached back out to them again with some updated, you know, stats and whatever the freak. And then they, they, they took me on. So I've been, I've been able to get a few, a few different like ad spots and whatnot with them. But but yeah, definitely trying to now trying to shift to like just doing more stuff on my own because I feel like the more that we create and just have just just put stuff out there. I preach, I say it all the time, but then I wasn't actually doing it until this mm-hmm. year for real, for real. Where it's just like just just put stuff out there, just whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's good, it doesn't matter if it's bad. Something the more you put out there, your your percentages of something catching on and being a good thing are gonna go up. So just continuously continuously put yourself out there whatever the wave may be you know what i'm saying stand up yeah. the, the sketches podcast just, mm. just just do it just do something you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah i mean i think we all kind of like i i heard a lot of people quoting andrew schultz talking about how he would put up these clips and it wasn't like every clip went viral right away but when one went viral and they found they went up and he had 50 other clips of similar quality, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody finds you through stand up and then they see sketches you have on your YouTube or your U- or your uh, Twitter or whatever. Um, yeah, that's like, I mean, I agree with that. It's a, it's a lot easier to say than to execute, which I think uh I'm experiencing right now. I've written like my first ever screen like not screenplays. That's a uh, I wrote a I wrote a couple sketches and then I wrote mm-hmm. a uh, spec script for King of the Hill over oh, nice. over uh quarantine which is about uh, i mean were it not for uh the pandemic none of us would have enough time to do a lot of the stuff we're doing anyway but also yeah. uh it's tough to go like hey let's go film this sketch where the sketch is we're all in a car together when everybody <laughs> you know when like that goes against every health guideline in the world yeah. right now and it's hard, it's hard now like in situations with like Cause you want to just make like a regular video, but it's like, do we wear the mask? Do we not put a mask on in the sketch? And I'm talking, it's real, <sighs> but at the same time, who wants to watch a video where they're like taking their mask down? Hey man, do you want to go to the movie and then putting their mask back on? It's like a real iffy 
You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you wear the mask, people are going to be like, I, I don't even know what he said. And then if you don't wear it, the first thing people are going to say, oh, wow, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're not wearing a mask. Like, it's just, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Man. I know. I'm stuck in between. I agree with you completely. And I, I'm stuck in between this thing where when you watch, like, uh, I watched, so, like, I watched Shark Tank, right? You watched shitty TV. You told me that we have to end this early <laughs> enough for you to watch bad TV. Uh, the, uh, the Shark Tank is like not an incredible show, but they all season they've had like social distancing, right? And then the mm-hmm. most recent episode they obviously filmed before all that went into place, mm-hmm. and it's you're like, whoa, they're like hugging. This is weird. <laughs> but then I think about it, and I'm like, I'm also we watched this show called uh, This Is Us, and okay. what's there's another show that we watched, and it's gonna be so weird in like two years. How much of this stuff were the like the plot centers on the pandemic are we going to want to watch? Yeah. yeah. So if you want to make something timeless, how do you, it's almost like you can't make something timeless right now and have it be appreciated because yeah, you're going to have a bunch of people giving you like this moralizing over. You're not wearing a mask in this three minute sketch that you created. Yeah. That, and it bleeds, it bleeds in this, in the, uh, in the standup too. Cause like how you, you go to a show and it's like, all right, how much pandemic stuff do you do? It's the most, yeah. there's you know stand-up comedy. You always want to have, you know, relatable stuff, current events, something in there. There's nothing that's more relatable and current eventy than the pandemic. But you know, every other comic is going to say something. So do you, do you harp on it a lot and do like, just have like the best pandemic jokes or do you just not even, not even say anything about it and just let's live and let's pretend we're in a, for for the 30 minutes I'm on stage. Let's pretend we're in a world where the pandemic doesn't exist. You know, it's, it's all a lot, yeah, of, a lot of different tough. ways you got to. I've done. How many shows have you done since the pandemic started since March? Uh, since March, uh, I've tried not as far as Zoom shows. I've done two. I've done okay. two Zoom shows. I've tried to. I've denied everything else. Only reason I took those two is because you know money. And then one mm-hmm. was with uh, Broken Drift, who like run the uh, the Big Pine Comedy Festival. Like oh, they're, sure, all, they're okay. always really they're always really good to me. So like anytime they ask me to do anything, I always try to just do whatever uh, they ask. And then uh, as far as regular shows, I did a couple like rooftops, uh, out, outdoor stuff, social distancing, weekend at the Grand. I, I'd, I'd probably say it's maybe like like nine or ten. Okay. I probably, probably done about nine or ten. I've done social distance stuff, out, yeah. outdoors and whatnot. So that makes me feel less guilty because I've done I've done ten Zoom shows and ten in person shows. Uh, okay. One we had like a brief stretch where we had a um, my home comedy club was open. I'm taking this thing off because I feel like my whole face is disappearing in this virtual background. You got you're gonna. Yeah, I wasn't my... gonna say nothing, but my my background quality has been better than yours. It's so. way better. It's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta get a green screen. That's what I've, I've learned today. But um, and does, talent... yeah, the only reason I got this is because that company that I host the Zoom trivia with they sent it. They sent it to me for gotcha. That's the only reason I got it. That makes sense. Um, anyway, so yeah, I've kind of like. I mean, I I have like this twenty minute stretch of material that I want to get back in shape for right like when when uh, stand ups back for real. Right. I want it to be like you know, tight. So every time I do it, it's just like this 20 minute stretch. And then maybe like if I can observe something at that place. So like I went to, I did a show for, um, uh, this dude that's like a retired police officer and he's very like by the book, took everyone's temperature, gave him the full questionnaire before the show. And I made a joke about like that. 
because I had done a show on a farm like a couple a couple weeks before that, and there let's just say their uh, their protocol was a little bit looser uh, than that. On the farm, so, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, the guy the guy was like, uh, there was multiple people that were like, ah, COVID isn't that big of a deal, and we're like, okay, well, we're gonna still stand a long ways away from you. And then they uh, <laughs> they were like, they pressured us into watching him shoot off a grenade launcher um, at the farm. Wow. So. Not a live grenade, obviously. Or I hope that's obvious, but uh... oh no, that wasn't obvious. And I was <laughs> no, that was not. It's <laughs> not obvious. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I guarantee you, by the way, that these people were live grenades available to them would have been showing us a live grenade. Like there's, yeah. a, I was not certain it wasn't a live grenade until it was in the air and it was like a white, uh, like a plastic thing. Ah, uh, okay. But um, I was envisioning it was like, you see that cow over there? Check this out. <laughs> now you don't see the cat. <laughs> Who wants a burger? <laughs> I uh I do I did uh that show I my friend so my friend who um he's like one of the he works at Tacoma Comedy Club. That's who it was booked through. We go to the show and uh they were like someone gave me a beer. You fall it's really easy to fall back into the like because we're so deprived of like normal human interaction that yeah. someone gave me a beer and I like didn't even think about it and just started drinking it. And I'm like, oh, dude, like you're basically a walking roofie potentially, this person. <laughs> um, I ate like dessert. I like talk, tried to talk him out of it and they gave me this dessert that was, uh, it was like, I don't know, it's, it feels good. And then you immediately feel guilty when you're done because you're like, fuck, I might have just, you know, maybe I'm bringing something home to my family now. I want to do this stupid thing. And yeah, yes, I want to be paid for it. But like, is $200 worth my family getting sick? You know what I mean? Obviously, it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. I feel, you, I feel you on that one for sure. And I don't know. I've, uh, you, have, you, have, you have a kid and whatnot. Yeah. A beautiful little family you got. So, like, with, with it just being me, would just be like me, my wife, and the dogs. I probably would definitely do it, but yeah, that definitely, that definitely is another layer of thinking once you bring once you bring the little sure. one in, into it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like, you know, so you keep your keep your distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, sanitize, and whatnot. Maybe get tested as soon as you, yeah. you know, stay stay regularly tested, like you know, what I'm saying once a month or whatever the case may be. Just make sure. Yeah. Well, my my main point was that uh, I like I didn't do I haven't done a lot of COVID related material except for like. Maybe I wrote something that day that's like, because yeah, one, this part of the thing is like, you can't not address it, right? Like you, we're all yeah. experiencing this right now, but also everybody wants to stop thinking about it. Right. Like they don't want to be like, that's actually why I don't even like uh, doing any kind of political humor is because man, we're so inundated with that stuff right now that yeah. That got, re, got it got beat it got ran into the ground so much, especially uh -huh. when Trump first got elected. It was just every every comment had something and something and something. So like the same thing with the pandemic. That's why I, I have I've normally gone the route of like I touch on it, say especially when the Padres were making their run. Mm -hmm. I say one or two things about like the cardboard cutouts being in the audience and how like they're sure. doing so well because cardboard cutouts will always be there for you. I'm like, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers, you know, something like that. And then, you know, that's the best thing the pandemic has done is that the Padres are doing good. And then after that, didn't even, like, say anything else about COVID for, like, the rest of the time. So I think it's good to hit on it, you know, just to make sure, all right, this he knows what's going on. He's aware. All right, now let's get past it and pretend it's not there for the, you know, the next 15, 20 minutes you're on stage. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, I, and I mean, I in my experience, like, I've been uh, – it doesn't seem like crowds 
are like so in, like, it's not like they want that so bad right they're, they're not like upset that you didn't talk more about the pandemic yeah no i don't i, I, feel, I feel like audience as long as you as long as you're funny i don't really think they care what i don't really think they care what it is as long yeah, as they're true. as long as they're laughing they, they can give a shit they're um, just excited they're just excited to be out the house and that there's somebody that's up there talking to them yeah so you're uh I we talked about grenade launchers and I realized that I said that it was unclear to a uh a military veteran. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So the, the ridiculousness of seeing a grenade launcher to me is maybe a little bit of a different uh thing for you. Um you have a, let me tell you a joke you have cuz I want to talk about how you and your dad were both in the military, but you you have a joke that I remember because I think it is a perfect joke. Uh you We'll say, uh, I think, and I'm going to paraphrase it poorly, but you say, like, I have a uh, white dad, black mom, and you say, you'll point to someone in the crowd, and my dad is white, just like your dad. <laughs> just like your dad, yeah. Yeah, and I've honestly, like, I have plenty of uh, of uh, of mixed race friends. Um, I don't know if that's the appropriate term. Um, <laughs> I have, I have I have a lot of I have a lot of you people that I hang out with. Like. <laughs> I have a lot of people who check other on the uh, census, okay? But I, but I I've, I had never thought of how funny it is that like your dad and my dad would look so similar. Oh, and yeah. it's it's like so funny for you to point to like a dude in a cardigan and bad glass <laughs> frames and say that your dad is just as white as is that and then you have another yeah. joke that follows it up that i don't want to give up maybe if you have a clip of it i'll post it i'll post my the dad and your dad, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do is just like my dad looked just like your dad you know, i don't even have to ask you i know what your dad looked like but you don't know what my dad looks like at all throws you for a loop yeah well, then, well no now i want to say the line because it's so funny it's uh you say it's like someone said how black is your mom Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so that's so ah, <laughs> oh, dude. It's is that a real story? Did someone has someone ever actually said that to you? Uh, Ask me like, how black is my mom? Oh yeah, that's yeah, so funny. Like they like especially after like seeing like hearing like a joke about my dad or something like that. Right. They look like dang it, that, they, they'll want to see a picture because they don't believe it. Nine times out of ten, people don't believe. They think I'm just like making it up. Like somewhere I have this black dad that's just not in my life, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I don't like you so much. I'm going to create this entire white man with red hair and freckles, and he's going to be the one that fictitiously raised me throughout my stand-up career. No, he, I really have a white dad. But people ask all the time, yo, is that, real? is that really you got a white dad? So then I show them. So then after they see that, they're like, all right, now I got to see your mom, because she's got to be, what, Jamaican, Nigerian? She's got to be really black for you to come out this color. So then I show them, show them a picture of my mom. Like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's funny. But, but yes, it is a hundred percent true. All of it. Your your dad also like he's so he's I've only seen pictures, obviously. I don't know mm -hmm. your dad, but uh I've seen the pictures that you've posted where you and him because you and him both uh uh military veterans and or is he is he is your dad still in the military? No, no, he's been out for quite a while. He's he uh he did like twenty six and a half years oh, and man. I wanna say he retired in like two thousand like 12 i think if I'm not, so did you guys serve together yeah we were in i was in i was in for like two years it oh, was like wow. two year over over overlap and we tried to get stationed together because i was in the same i was in the same career field as him we tried to get it to where we were stationed together sure. but it just it just didn't work out you know the military just kind of sends you where they want you're a real but, ken griffey uh, jr and ken griffey senior of the military right right but so, that'd so, been so dope to serve to like be in the like if we were on the same base that'd have been really really cool to like be like being able to like hit him up on 
like on our lunch break or whatever, and then yeah. like meet somewhere and have lunch together in uniform and stuff. That'd been really cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. He so yeah. your dad looks. He's got a little bit of like a. He's got like a. Uh, like the third string shooting guard on an NBA team. He's got like a, like a Brent Barry thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. I don't think he's six foot six or whatever Brent Barry was, uh, but you're, he's got like, there, six there's, two. he's up there. Oh, is he? Okay. But he yeah, does look two. like my guess is your dad can shoot a basketball. Oh my God. You have no dude for real. My dad is a hooper. Yeah. My dad taught me how to play ball and he can, he can play, man. Especially, you know, going back a few years, like his jump shot just, Pure, like legit one of the best shooters that I've ever met yeah. in, in person. And like every, like you can go to Langley, if we go to Virginia, like to that base, to, to the gym on base. And you know, my dad walks in, they respect it. They still oh, they know. Like, that's gotta do. That's got to be the best feeling as a, as a white dude to walk onto a basketball court mm-hmm. and have everybody like, oh, that's, uh, that's James yeah. Hancock the second over there. <laughs> yeah. They call him, I call him, they call him Drano. In Hampton, they call him they call him Drano. Cause he don't miss, man. I'm telling you. But now it's a little it's a little different now because we walk because like we'll go into like hoop together and like you know I'm younger and like 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 you know the black dude I'll go up and be like yo you got room for two on your team they're like yeah who's the other one I'm like yo that that white dude over there like it'd be somebody that don't know him from the past yeah they're like the white guy putting on both sets of ankle braces right now and knee and knee braces and putting on Bengay yeah yeah him just get, he just need a little time. He just need a little time, <laughs> but once he have that time, he ready. He, we thought he was gonna coach. Flashing, <laughs> he's flashing. Yeah, I can see that. Drano is the funniest. Like that's the funniest street ball name. That's a because, <laughs> like the and one names the professor was always like that dude's probably really dumb. The professor, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Drano is such a perfect. Dra- oh yeah, man. man. He, he, he's he's not in the plumbing field though right no no not at all it's just from draining shots just draining shots man don't miss so what uh what were you what branch of the military were you in Uh, both of us were air force Force. oh okay yeah once he was in the air force he always told me to do if i wanted to join the military go that route he wouldn't let me join any other branch except for the air force because he knew he knew how like it it, like the the branch like treated you and whatnot and i've also never I've never met somebody in my, you know, military career that was in a different branch that didn't say, man, I wish I would have joined there. Oh, really? No, legitimately. Anytime I've been deployed when I was in Korea, like other branches do, they're like, man, I wish, man, I wish I'd have joined the Air Force, man. My dad told me to, but I just, I just didn't, you know, they're always, always so full of regret that they joined in. I've never met somebody that didn't regret their decision not to join the Air Force. Is there like a more clear line to a career after the Air Force? Is that the thing? Uh, no, I think I think what it is is just like the way that you're treated when you're when you're in. Like legitimately, oh, like gotcha. everything everything is nicer. Like when you get deployed and like, oh, you're gonna sleep in a, in a tent or whatever. It's like a it's like a tent that's like has like a wooden structure around it and an air conditioning <laughs> unit you're and like glamping? you have your own separate bathrooms and stuff. And then these guys are really like in a tent on the ground. It's like what the frick? Or they have to stay in like a real shitty hotel. And like the Air Force people are in like the Holiday Inn or something. Like it's legitimately yeah. like they're they're really jealous. Oh, Anybody that funny. talks shit about the Air Force, they're a hundred percent jealous that the Air Force is treated so much better. Well, I think there's like some of those programs, like the the education maybe is a little more advanced because of the requirements, right? Because your job is to mm-hmm. keep an air- airplane in the air, which is maybe a little yeah, more. It's definitely harder. It, the, the the test to get into each brand is called the ASVAB. 
Yeah, yeah. A, I, I don't remember what ASVAB stands for, but it covers like all the different, you know, subjects and whatnot. And you have to reach a certain score to get into, you know, each branch of the military and the Air Force one is definitely the highest one. And then once you get there, it goes, uh, the higher your score, the more different jobs you have, you know, at your, at your disposal to actually choose from, from being just like, you know, a mechanic, if your score is real low, all the way up to being, you know, air traffic controller or, or whatever the case may be. Right. And then you took the, the higher level of aptitude needed to be in the Air Force and you've left the military and turned it into telling jokes for a living, talking, talking, People say right. telling dick jokes, but you've you've really not used any of the things that you learned in the Air Force. Technically, no. Nah, the military gave me a lot of gave me good some good material and a good yeah. you know, you know structure of you know you know being a man, right from wrong, integrity and whatnot. But as far as you know, I'm not I'm not putting no gas on a plane anytime sure, soon. Sure, sure, sure. What what is what is I that did. what you did? What did you do while you were? Yeah, I was yeah I was a fuel specialist. So I essentially. Like the, the bare minimum of it is you got a, a truck and it's got 6,000 gallons of jet fuel on the back sure. of it. And then a, a plane on the flight line will call in and be like, hey, we need you know, 3,000 gallons of fuel to this plane at this spot at this time. And then a dude that's in what's called the box goes on the radio, like, hey, we need a driver to this spot, this spot. If it's my turn to go, I jump in a truck, drive out there, put the gas on the plane, come back, fill the truck back up. And then it's back in, you know, there's a lot of nice. different variations, and stuff, but like the bare, you know, the baseline of it is that put the gas from the truck onto the plane and then either go to another plane or go back, whatever the case. Yeah. Right on. That's uh that I would imagine that is not a, it sounds like a lot like a civilian job, right? Like just being a truck driver, but I would imagine yeah. in, in a, in a situation where you're deployed, those are like targets. I would imagine those trucks. Yeah, they have, they have, there have been a lot of times where people get deployed to like really legit, like dangerous locations. I've, I've, I don't know if you would say fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't go to one of those locations, mm -hmm. but yeah, there, there's convoys of it to where they're like, all right, we got to take all this fuel and take it, you know, across to the other side of the airbase, whatever the case may be. And there have been, you know, mortar, mortar hits them and then they're, they're, they're blown up for a minute and they got to, you know, there's a, there's a, what was his name? Uh, Dominic Greek. Griego, yeah, Sergeant Griego. He had a a big situation where he was doing like a convoy of it, and they got he's got like a whole like story where he was like legit like, looking in the enemy's eyes and all this stuff. I'm like, bro, oh. I was I was just playing Madden, but like, the, the, <laughs> like I was um, it's nowhere like that when I was stationed in Arkansas. You just I'm just chilling in the freaking the lounge, just waiting for a truck to come. But there's some real legit POL stuff that happens. POL petroleum oils and lubricants. Thank you. So, so when I met you, obviously I had a, we were like, we had a very new baby. It was, um, my daughter was born in August and I think that competition, was it in November? Uh, yeah, it was definitely yeah, November because Thanksgiving was that time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, and then a guy that we were in the contest with, who I think you're friends with from before that was uh, Brian Glowacki. He has a, mm -hmm. a daughter that's like, I mean, maybe a, two weeks older than mine um but you were i think engaged at that time and now you're a married man yes sir yes How? sir so i use this for reference where's brian brian's back there in the back oh yeah brian with is the the, with the, the bald beard. in the back um the bald cat in the back with the beard for yeah. reference for the people watching yes yeah very funny guy also in his dude. own right um real good dude i like brian a lot when were you originally supposed to get married? 
Uh, we're supposed to get. We were always gonna get married this year in July. Okay. But we were supposed to do it in uh in Puerto Rico, but that didn't happen. Switched it up on you. Winter oh man, time. it's it's, it's good. It, it, wow, in the winter, in the snow. Yeah, I used to play. I used to play hockey here at this pond. This is my. This is where I grew up playing hockey. No, I didn't. Wow. <laughs> I was gonna say you got the white dad that plays basketball, the black son <laughs> that plays hockey. We're we're gonna. You're uh. You're, uh, I can't think of anything that's not insensitive to say that your mom would do that would be uh, not offensive to women, but uh, you're breaking <laughs> stereotypes. I wasn't going to say anything gross. I'm not, uh, I would never <laughs> say anything bad about your mom. Uh, yeah, but uh, what, was Brian, uh, what about Brian's baby, right? Oh, yeah. I was just, I'm, I, it's, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to me comics that have families and successful relationships because. I just want to keep my, <laughs> I just want to keep my family in a successful relationship. So, but I'm curious, like, I, I know a couple of people that got married during the pandemic. Can you, what was that like? What was that? What was your expect? You were going to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, we were, How many yeah, people we were, were going to be there? What was it going to be like? And then what did it end up being like? Yeah. So we were supposed to go to Puerto Rico in July and it was going to be 50 people there at the resort in Puerto Rico uh, on July 11th. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. But it ended up being July 11th. We got married here in San Diego at Tory in uh, at Tory Pines. Uh, it was called Hang Glider Point, and we had a friend uh, do the ceremony for us. And it was probably about I think it was like 25 people. Okay. Everybody, everybody wearing masks and whatnot. It was it was really cool. I should have queued up one of those pictures, but uh, I don't. But um. So what what the what the resort did was push our wedding back to April of oh, 2021 wow. so we could have we could still have the ceremony because we already paid for it so we still have the ceremony that we're supposed to have in april but even now you know when we rescheduled it it was like oh yeah by april everything will be fine you know there'll be no way this is gonna keep going on in april but I now know. as it gets closer to april we're like oh man are we gonna have to push it back again is it gonna be <laughs> are we gonna get refunded are we just gonna suck it up and just go anyway well i don't know we don't know what's gonna happen now so we're just still planning and hoping that it'll be able to happen uh, is there any part April. of you? Is there any part of you that's like, "Fuck, I just want to save that money and not go to"? <laughs> I see you. By the way, uh, James, if you're not watching, James is nodding vigorously, but doesn't want to say it out loud in his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, my my friend is getting uh is going through the process of they him him and his girlfriend got engaged, him and his fiance got engaged, and they're getting married next fall, and. Uh, I just keep telling him about how like how much of the stuff is just so expensive when you yeah. get married. It feels like everything costs four times. It's like it's like you're getting married in a in a like a ballpark. You know what I mean? Like every mm -hmm. every beer costs four times as much as it should. So every plate of food costs four times as much as it should. The venue, you're like, I I'm just gonna be here. Like you're not gonna do anything for me. It's gonna cost me four thousand dollars to have this for eight hours. Mm -hmm. How could you possibly justify that? Yeah, the uh... yeah. And then the the organization of getting all these people together, yes, and on time, and some of them you need them to wear a certain thing. You got to figure out what they're gonna wear, and then you figure out how many people are. Are you still dating? Are you still dating that guy? You're dating. You're not dating him. Okay, so I don't have to invite him. Okay, and then three months into the plan, oh, you're back together. So you do. Uh -huh. Okay, now you're engaged. Okay, now we can't leave my. All right, and you're getting a divorce. Okay, so I'll take that one from the divorce and put. I'll give him your ticket. And it's just like, holy crap! All these different people's. I know so much about these people's relationships that I don't that I don't care about because we're trying to figure out who can and can't come, and like what's what's proper protocol. My aunt just got engaged, but I've never met her his, her fiance. So do I? 
do I invite this dude that I've never met before, even though he's my aunt's fiance? So far, the answer is no, by the way. Uh, he's not coming. But, you know, what I'm saying? like, this is a lot of different questions that go into stuff that normally you don't ever think. I don't, you don't think about that stuff before, but when you're planning this, you don't have a choice. The, the wedding part is fine. Like, I loved our wedding. Uh, it was, I mean, it, for like us, it was perfect. And but all of the stress leading up to it, man, you're so happy when it's over. I'm sure, by the way, like just being married, just like the the end result of your thing at uh, Tory Pines is that you're married. Your 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 wedding at Tory right. Pines, you're married. Just having that off your chest to me is such like a big. It's it was such a big. I've been married for uh, five years. I just had to look at a calendar. Like I don't. Uh, we. <laughs> I was I was glad we got married on a on a uh, factor of five years. So it's really easy to say how long we've been married. I always right. know it's, I, I can't get it wrong by five full years. I'll never get it wrong by five. Yeah, you never, you'll never be that far off. But congrats yeah. on, on five years, man. Thanks That's, man. I mean, we've been yeah. together for, for 10. So okay. uh, we're like, I feel like we are, this couldn't have happened at a better time in our relationship, this pandemic, like being right. stuck together because we've, we're just so used to each other. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is just what we're, uh, how how long were you engaged for, and how long did you date for? Uh, we were dating for th two and a half years, and then I proposed to her, and then we're engaged for another year, and then we got yeah. I think, I think that's I think that's about right. That's great. Because we've been uh, together since 2016, so May 2016. So yeah, we've been together for four years total. And yeah, yeah, no, that was yeah. Oh was man, you're on a factor yeah. of five too. This is going to be easy for you. I got I got uh, we started dating in 2010 and got married in 2015. So I've got all factors of five to worry about. No, uh, nice. I never I never have hard math to do. Uh, is your your wife is she Puerto Rican? Yes, she's fully she's Puerto Rican and she was raised in New York, so gotcha. they call those New York New Yorkicans. But she is full full blooded Boricua. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that uh, I like have outside of the East Coast. I don't think I've ever met a Puerto Rican. Like, there's Puerto Ricans really? don't end up in Washington State very often. So you don't even think yeah. that, but but like, uh, and and I think like I mean we have a lot of uh, Mexican people in Washington mm -hmm. state because we're on the West coast and there's a lot of like agricultural stuff here. So there's been a, a push for yeah. that up here, but you, you, yeah, it's just weird to think about. I, I grew up on a, uh, an Indian reservation and I've met a lot of people that aren't from Washington state, like that are from another state that it, the first native American they meet is in Washington state. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. And I think the whole East coast, like the Puerto Rican people are in mostly like, like New York and Florida because yeah. Puerto Rico is over there. So it's a lot, when they, when they come over to America, they're like, they're probably just like, all right, cool. We're here. We chilling. Not that Puerto Rico is not America, but the, the mainland, right. when they get to mainland, they're like, all right, cool. Let's stay in their strip. There's not much, there's not much need to go all the way to California because their right. family and whatnot that are back in Puerto Rico is just right there. Like her dad is, uh, is from Puerto Rico and owns like two different houses there. And he goes back and forth between New York and Puerto Rico because it's such a short flight for him to hop back and forth to check on the family, his property and stuff, all his chickens sure. and, and shit that he's got. And he don't like being cold. So like, wow. especially during the winter time, as soon as it starts to get cold, he's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to Puerto Rico. And then once it warms up again, he comes back again. Yeah. So Well, that's like, I mean, I think that's why like Washington state has a lot of jobs. Uh, New York obviously has a lot of jobs. I don't think either mm -hmm. climate is really uh inviting to a person from latin america right any means. i'm used yeah. to this like i could 45 degrees i wear shorts still like i don't, I don't uh 
it doesn't affect Yeesh. me at all. But I'm uh you know, I'm fat and from the Northwest, so <laughs> you are you gonna move to New York? That sounds like a perfect move for you. Like make the no? Make nah, the wife's I'm... family happy and is this an argument too? Or are you go No, 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 we to... love no, we're we're uh we're West Coast people now. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna be cold I anymore. Did you take I've up surfing or what? Huh? Did you take up surfing or what? No, I've, I've never, I've never been surfing. I want to. I want. I'm not great. I'm not too great on boards. I pride myself on being a really good athlete, but like when it comes to boards, I'm not great. Like we went snowboarding one time when we were in Jersey. Where did we go snowboarding? At? Somewhere in New Jersey or Philadelphia, or somewhere up in Pennsylvania, whatever. And I sucked, man. Oh man, it mm. was the worst. Like I've never been that bad at a sport. Like normally you give me a sport and I'm good at it off re- instantly. But yeah. snowboarding, I was. I was like almost I was on the verge of tears at how bad I was. I'm like, why can't I do this? <laughs> Have so you I don't ever know skateboarding? Yeah, I can skateboard to an extent to where I'm just just for like like as a mode of travel, but even then I'm still really no yeah. zero tricks or nothing, just I could use it to get from point A to point B, but I don't know if this was like this where uh, where you grew up, but where I grew up, skateboarding had a like a run of about seven years where there were like it was pretty popular, like the beginning of the X Games kind of time. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember I kept being like, "This is the year I'm gonna figure out how to skateboard." Because I was, believe it or not, under this uh, under this fucking fat suit from this jackass <laughs> fat suit. I used to be a decent athlete, and I have the, I had the same feeling with skateboarding, except for. If you put a skateboard on grass, I could like ollie. I could uh, like you know occasionally land a kickflip, but nice. once that thing got rolling, dude, yeah, I yeah. felt like I was like my body never moved with the skateboard, so I'd be like <laughs> falling off the back of it constantly. And I'm that's like, you just that's a very it's an extremely specific type of skateboarder, but you can still use it. <laughs> like, you trying to skateboard? Yeah, give me some grass. What? You're like, you oh, are, grass. what are you like? What are you a vert skater? No. What are you? You like to skate? You like to grind on shit in skate parks? No. I'm a I'm a grass. Yeah. Uh, I don't want the wheels to be able to turn. If you if you I I could be yeah. a great skater if that was the the circumstance. Yeah, I'm a stationary grass a skateboarder. That's what it's extremely specific <laughs> sport, but that's what I'm into. You know, I uh, kill it. You're from, you're from Virginia. Yeah, I'm right? from Hampton, Virginia. Lived there for most of my life until I was like 17, and then I went to Guam because my dad was stationed there. I spent oh, two sure. years in Guam and graduated high school in Guam. Love it there, and then came back to Virginia, and then that's where I joined the military from uh, when I was 20 gotcha. after high school and whatnot. That that uh, Guam like Micronesia area. It's interesting mm-hmm. because so I used to work. Um, when I was going to college, I went, I worked at a box factory and there's a lot of like, I always say that like the best, if you have any worry about like, um, like people being racist, have them work manual labor because you're going to work with everybody. Like yeah. everybody works manual labor. And so I worked with a lot of dudes from, uh, Micronesia and that like, uh, I have this, there's this band from a, I had a CD for a long time of this band from an Island called Koshai. It's like a tiny mm-hmm. Island in Micronesia. And uh, that's like a history of people. Like I don't even, I never even knew those places. I've, I've heard Guam, but I never learned about like Marshall Islands and and any of that stuff when I was in school. What was it? What was that like? What was that like being an American in Guam? Well, it, Guam again is a territory, just like I'm Puerto sorry, Rico. fuck. No, no, no. I, you know, I'm just it. saying. I'm just saying. There. So it's it, it's it's like the same, but they're like same currency. They speak English and whatnot. Right. But is that uh, I would I would equate it to it's it's similar to Hawaii to a certain extent. It's just uh, 
I don't know. The people are just really happy. Like everyone's happy, you know, you know, the whole like no worries, brother, like that whole kind of mentality is very, it's very contagious there. Like you can, you can meet any, I never had a problem like with anybody. Right. Like nobody was ever like mean or anything. Everyone was like super nice and just wanting to feed you and just wanting to go to the beach. And what's uh, your favorite food that you had? Cause that's like my, I know this is like a corny white dude way into a culture, but my favorite <laughs> thing was like I I had the Filipino dude. I work with a lot of Filipino guys, more Filipino mm-hmm. guys than Micronesian guys. And every Thursday we used to have like a potluck dinner and they mm-hmm. would bring in, literally they were like, let's ruin this white guy's lunch. They would bring <laughs> in the wildest shit. And I was, dude, I'll eat anything. I'll eat anything from any culture. And so uh, I had like balut, which is like a big one that people mm-hmm. are grossed out by. I've eaten like I call it goat ass soup. I can't remember what they actually call it, but it's like the entrails of a goat in a soup. Yeah. Uh, uh, dude, I've, I mean, I've had like a variety of stuff, but the Micronesian guy that I worked with that brought food in somewhat often, I ate a lot of like. So tell me what was, what the food was like. I'm sorry to. Uh, no, 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 you're good. My my favorite was probably lumpia, which is essentially mm. just like a. It's almost like an egg roll, honestly, mm-hmm. to meat and whatnot inside of there. Uh, that and then. Uh, like really, I'm really, I'm really picky. So like I didn't really get into like the Baloo and I didn't like Kel- Keleguin is another one that was really popular. That oh, what's I never that? Got into. Uh, Keleguin, it's like, uh, oh, what the frick is, how, how do you explain Keleguin? It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like raw fish in like a salad kind of deal. Oh, okay. Oh wait, I'm pulling it up. It's still kind of like Keleguin. Yeah, it was. Oh, so, oh, it's like ceviche. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's sim it's similar to ceviche, but I like ceviche, but Kelleguin ain't it ain't quite like it's not it's not ceviche. I like ceviche a lot, but that Kelleguin ain't quite. Yeah, I like ceviche quite a lot that. Too. So I'd have to go. I'd have to go with lumpia and like just regular, like cool, chicken and rice that they that they would make there and whatnot. I'm not really thinking about seafood either. So. Oh really? The good thing about lumpia is that it's like an egg roll. Except for mm-hmm. there's way more roll, so it doesn't get all soggy. Yeah, and you get like it's super crunchy, it's and then very it's always crispy. yeah, yeah, and it's simplified on the inside. So like an egg roll will have a whole bunch of stuff, but you don't have that much room in a in a lumpia. So it'll be mm-hmm. just like meat or whatever. It's like a lot more simple mix. I love I yeah. love lumpia. Yeah, um, the lumpia is definitely my was definitely my my go to as far as up there. But Guam Guam is such a, such a beautiful place. I can't wait to take my wife. Like, we're definitely gonna try to plan a trip to Guam in the near future because it was just such a so much so many good memories and whatnot from, from growing up and going to school there and I really enjoyed it a lot I, I'd have to say I liked it a lot did you play cool. sports there uh yeah I played uh, I played a lot of basketball I, that was the first place that I made my high school team because I, I tried out in the states because <laughs> uh, I was I was really shorter I was a lot shorter and fatter when I was in when I was in high school, like, oh, thank God, I need you to have a, I want you to have a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need you to have a kryptonite, please. Yeah, no, in high school, I hope I was, you get was... fatter and shorter as you get older, too. Damn it. <laughs> 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 when I was shorter and fat, and like, I just couldn't, like, I, I could play basketball really well, yeah. but only from the standpoint of like just, just having fun. Like, but then when it actually came to like being on the team and having to like condition, do drills, run suicides and stuff. I wasn't about that. I wasn't about that shit at all. So like mm-hmm. the one time I went to tryouts, uh, I actually like cried at the tryouts because <laughs> I was like, this hurts. Like, why am I running so much and jumping? Like, I don't, this isn't fun. It's so, like, I cried. And then like the captain of the team, like pulled me aside, 
and like had like a talk with me about like you know perseverance or whatever the fuck he talked about and then at the end everyone's got their hands in and stuff and they're like yo good job good job everybody good job on free throws good job to the guy that was crying good job everybody i'm like nigga like what shut up shut up so the next day in school everyone's like trying to figure out who it was and like yo hancock was you the one that was crying like no 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 me crying me no no him so I obviously couldn't show my face back at tryouts for the next three years. So then when I yeah. went to Guam, my senior year of high school, nobody knows that I cried. So I made That's the so, so I made the team there and was able to play. I played base I played baseball, baseball my whole my whole high school. I, okay. I pretty much my whole life up until I was in the military. I played I played baseball. Uh, I played varsity baseball from sophomore year. I played I played J V my freshman year. And then in Guam I played I played baseball and basketball. And I was in the band. I did marching band all through high school too. That's why I never played football because I was always in the marching. That's band. why, yeah, of course, that's why. That's what and I. And I was also too. scared to get hit. So yeah, yeah, dude. That was the thing with for me with those tough with basketball is uh, there's a thing in basketball where you have to go to the hoop, knowing the foul's coming, and also mm-hmm. you have to be able to go to the hoop and knowing knowing that you're probably gonna foul a guy. Yeah. And I don't have the like. I don't have the thing where I can throw my body in the air at another person without any regard for what's going to happen when I come down. You know what I right. mean? Uh, so like baseball, there's a lot more distance between you and a person. I played baseball. Yeah. yeah my whole life. And, and, uh, I played in an adult league for a couple of years, even. Um, nice. yeah, it's, uh, I do that. yeah, it's, it's cool. I don't know what, I don't know. There's like real baseball. Cause softball is not the same. Like people talk about softball. That's not the same. It's not. It's not the same as baseball at all. It's good. I. I yeah, played, it's fun. I play both. I definitely have played a lot of com- uh, competitive uh, softball. I was on a sponsored team when I was in Arkansas and whatnot. Dude, I get it. You're a great athlete. You're a fucking oh, great athlete. A great comedian. You're very charismatic. <laughs> you act. I get it. You don't have to stop. Okay, thank you. We're back to the. We're back to the. Uh, was this? Uh, I don't want to use that one. That's broken. That's broken drift. Okay, I'm not gonna make fun of it then. Please book me on your festivals, Broken Drift. Um, <laughs> I thought they were luchador masks. Were they? Luchador they are. Masks? Yeah, oh, okay. that's like their. That's like their thing. I don't know. Okay, I'm not. I don't a... know why that's their thing, but that's their thing. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find a freaking good background. I don't even remember what this. I don't know what this is. Oh, that was from the other. Oh, you had a, a virtual comedy. Yeah, I have a. I have a flappers one floating around somewhere. Ugh. that i uh for uh you like you like flappers we don't have to you don't have to put that in I, there but hey just... I, hey no uh i uh let's just say that i got accepted into the burbank comedy festival and chose to not go to the burbank comedy festival which is run by flappers like so. what two years ago um i don't know how long ago it was it was uh it was two like two years ago then that you would have met. That's where you would have met me then, because I was in there. Damn. Yeah. That is a... You fucked that one up, Casey. God wow. I uh, it's funny because I was like when I was, I applied for it. Th- I this is what happened. A couple things happened. Uh, the year before that, some friends of mine went. They did great. They got best of the fest. Whatever. These are guys that uh, have like lifestyles that can. Because there's there's let's let's uh I want to clarify something for the people that are listening that aren't comics. There are full-time comics who are full-time comics because they have made their life, their cost of living so low that they can be a full-time comic. And then there's people who make like a lot of money being comics. And then most of the other people you talk to are doing something else. They're doing uh 
Uh, I don't want to point at you because I think that I actually think that commercial acting is in the sphere of comedy. Like it's one of the things that comes from comedy. Mm-hmm. I make a lot of money from stuff that I make most of my money from stuff that does not come from comedy. So that being said, going to uh, Burbank for for seven days uh, to do three five minute sets. By the way, that's what I was booked for, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. That's like, so I'm probably going to spend like two grand all in, like a place to stay, flight down and back um, for three five-minute sets. And then what I found out, so I was excited to do like a tryout, uh, didn't get in in on the tryout, which was upsetting. I got very jealous. It seemed like they were, uh, let's say, filling some, filling some, checking some boxes with the tryout. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't need to get into the politics of it. But there were uh, there were like six minorities on the tryout, and five of them got in. All good comics. Nothing against that. I didn't fit what they were looking for. I paid my fifty bucks, submitted a video, I got in, and then I found out that, as I understand it, pretty much anyone that puts in their fifty bucks gets in. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this. And then what I looked at is all of the uh, all of the like workshops where it was like you can talk to the industry. Well, like a bunch of the quote unquote industry were bookers from the northwest that i already know <laughs> like already either book me or don't book me but wouldn't make the decision based on whether i go to burbank I don't, we don't need to say who they are but i'm mean, happy to yeah, tell yeah. you tell you off the off the podcast um but yeah anyways the the main thing that happened though i probably would have gone but i got my first uh feature weekend at spokane comedy club and, yeah that's way, that's way better yeah and so it was also the first weekend i sold merch on the road Nice. And I so I went from spending uh spending two thousand dollars to do three five minute sets to like making fifteen hundred dollars after selling shirts and shit like that. So That's way awesome. better. Like a like a thirty five hundred dollar turnaround. So I'm not yeah. saying that our uh our acquaintanceship slash friendship slash uh, podcast ship is worth thirty five hundred dollars, but I will <laughs> sell this to the highest bidder. <laughs> I've got some compromising things James has said that I might have edited out. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it was a it was it was a decent it was a decent time. Like yeah, the stage time wasn't great, but like I wasn't losing out on anything. Like every, yeah. every so far I've been blessed enough. Every comedy show or you know, anytime I've gone out of town for stand up for any festival or competition or anything, I've been blessed to not spend a penny on on um on lodging, lodging or any oh, or sure. anything like that. Everywhere I've, I got my buddy Eric that, that that let me stay with him when I was doing the flappers one. Uh Big Pine, they bought all the rooms for all the comics. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, Seattle. I was, I was, able, I bounced around a good amount, but everywhere it was. Well, yeah, because you was stayed free. in the competition for so long. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's why I was. Keep I was rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> when I first, when I had first hit up one of my homeboys that lived there, and he was like, "Yo, I got you, man. Don't even worry about it. The whole time you're there, if you're there for the whole month, they don't even. I, I got you." And then, like, literally, like a week and a half before, he was like, "I don't got you." Um, yeah, I remember you telling me that. I was. I, was I know like, who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "God dang it, bro!" But then, you know, the the guy George that that Peter knew through like one of his uh, stand up classes, complete stranger. Like I had never. Yeah total stranger just opened up his home to me and was like hey, you can stay here and on the next day he was like hey i'm a little busy today i'm gonna be he, he i think he left for like two days he was just like oh whoa he was like he was like yo i'm gonna be gone for two days uh here's the keys to my truck you can use it to get to the shows and whatnot he was oh. like all i ask for you to do is put this envelope in this uh in the mailbox uh tomorrow morning at 9 a.m it was kind of sketch 
Yeah, that's because a, he that's was extremely little... specific. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll put the envelope in this box at 9 a.m. Like, I was like, all right. That was the only thing that I was at all questionable about. It. Everything else is just like, he's been nothing. George, George is definitely a homie, man. He came to like, he came to, he came to one show every round oh, cool. of the competition. And then he's also sang in that, uh, that Seattle, Seattle men's choir. Oh, okay. He sang in that. He gave me like the best. Like I had legit like front row seats oh, cool. uh, to the to the show, and it was such a, a, an amazing show. Anybody in the Seattle area, if you haven't seen the Seattle Men's Choir, when stuff gets back up, it's so dope. It was so awesome. And I was sitting next to these like rich ass old white ladies, and as I'm sitting next to them, they looked at me and they were like, "We just came to your show the other night oh, when you were at so such cool. and such. You're hilarious." I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much." So that was <laughs> such a good experience all around. It was dope. What was your what was your favorite? Um, obviously, I didn't get to see as many of the venues as you did, but what was yeah. your favorite venue to perform in? My favorite venue, if I'm not messing up the name, I think it was called Longview. Longview. Oh yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, Longview was so dope because it was like it was so big. You know, what I'm saying I never mm-hmm. been in a theater that like went up that high, and then it was like damn near full as well. Oh, that's so like cool. to see that, I was like, man, oh man, this is awesome. That one, and then the uh, the first week when we went to, I think it's called Bainbridge Island. Yeah, yeah, we went to when we went to Bainbridge Island. That that one was that one's high ranking up there too, because that was just a really good time. Like taking, I, I never been on a ferry where you just like drive and then like stop the car, mm. and then the ferry started going. Like that was like freaking out, cause like I, I didn't know what was going on. Like I drove onto it and I stopped, and I was like, all right. They were like, stay in the car. So I was like, all right, eventually they're going to let us out. And then the whole thing just started moving. And I was oh, like, I'm still in the car. Do y'all know <laughs> I'm in the car? And that was just a lot of fun. They had the little open mic beforehand. And then all the people that was at the open mic, oh, a lot yeah, of them came into right. the show. So I oh, got to do man. two sets because I just made sure I didn't do the same the same stuff during the little open mic. And it was just like, it was a lot. It was a really good experience. That whole Bainbridge Island thing was dope. That's so funny. I forgot about that. I was, uh, the guy that hosted Scott Lossie is like a good friend of mine. So I was, I had at least like a a little bit of a Sherpa that was like, that open mic sucks. Don't do it. I was like, okay, (laughs) good. Cause I don't need to lower my confidence any further than it is. Uh, I wasn't, I don't think that night I was quite mathematically eliminated, but that was like, that's a tough, that was the toughest night because for me, because, uh, it's like an hour and a half drive to get to the ferry from my house. Mm, Um, and I worked that day and the next day so like hour and a half plus the ferry plus you know whatever so i got home at like 1 30 in the morning and was working at eight in the morning or whatever um but the i liked did you do you remember the one it was i think it's called unexpected productions it's an improv theater yeah it was down it was like downtown seattle and we had to walk through that gum hallway yeah and it's like it's like you wouldn't The, I, hate, the, I hate gum. I hate the gum, gum wall is gross. I don't get people take pictures of. Did you know that that's like a tourist <sighs> attraction in Seattle? Yeah, they have they have them in a couple cities, and I oh, hate all of them. I agree. I don't see. I think it's stupid. I don't like gum. I don't chew gum. Like my wife would say, like if she's chewing gum around me, like I ask her to spit it out. Like I don't tell her. I ask her like if mm-hmm. she will spit it out because she knows I I hate it. Like I I don't yeah. like touching it, seeing it, smelling it. So those gum walls, I'm legit like, uh, God, don't let it touch me. Don't let it touch me, man. <laughs> but they're going going down there, I, was, I hung out with J.J. Barrows and her husband that night. We went to the Hard Rock and had some drinks beforehand. Oh, we yeah, by the way, two two things. Uh, you have this you know good career that I'm talking about. But fucking the lady, Wally Barum, 
starts writing yeah. for late night and JJ Barrows has a dry bar special come out like m- months after this. I'm like, fuck, yeah. no wonder I lost these. I was actually <laughs> against good people. Like this is, this yeah. is bullshit. We were against a lot of really, really good comics that have been in the game for a minute and already doing like big things. Like Andrew, I always, I always make fun of fucking Andrew. He Andrew sucks. Rivers. We kidding. get there the night, the first night, his pictures on the wall. I was like, dude, fuck this dude. Like that was, a, I confronted him that first night and was like, so your picture's on the wall. You know that, right? He's like, oh, they'll put anyone's picture up on the wall. I was like, hell nah, man. Your ass is already famous. Get the fuck out of this conversation. <laughs> they do have a guy on the wall, but they have a guy on the wall there, by the way. Not to, not to, Andrew's like one of our best comics in Seattle, but uh, mm-hmm. they have a guy on the wall at the Comedy Underground that is like kind of just a crazy guy that's been around for a long time. That started in New York. I'll tell you after. I don't want to have his. Uh, I don't want to get him. But like, there is. I would say that there's a threshold that is not legend status to get onto that wall. But still, like, yes, you're right. Him being on the wall. Yeah, for him to be on the wall and then be in the competition, I was like, all right, fuck this dude. But he actually ended up being like legit, like one of my best friends in the competition, and still a yeah. really good buddy of mine now. So, and then he he blessed me. He let me come, and that's where I I, mean, I got to hang out with you guys at the oh, yeah. Tacoma Comedy Club because he let me have a spot. Oh yeah, dude, we did. It was a clean. It was an all ages show, Mm -hmm. with Colin Moulton headlining. Yep. And I was featuring the rest of the weekend, but they were like, "Can you do thirty minutes clean?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not. There's no way." (laughs) So I think you showing up. By the way, Andrew goes up and he's talking about like, there's like literally there's like 10 year olds in the crowd yeah they were and, really that, that especially right there in that front corner i remember yeah. vivid, that front corner was like a family of like six and four of them were like preteens, and i yes. was like okay okay <laughs> and i'm like i mean i i like i don't know depending on depending on who you talk to like there's comics in the seattle area that would consider me like almost a clean comic but I think like none of those parents would have considered me a clean comic if I went up and did my act, right? Like I'd say I kind of have like a wholesome kind of wholesome act. Uh but there's swearing and there's a lot of references to like sex and and like race and shit. Like I'm not for ten year olds. And so I'm like taking I'm like, dude, I can maybe do five and I'll try to censor it and it's not gonna go well. It's definitely not gonna go well. And then uh uh James Hancock goes up after me, charming, charismatic, talented, better writer, all that stuff. Does very well with these. With by the way, I think like almost the same material you were doing uh, through the competition. Maybe not. Maybe that's not true. But it was like yeah, it was it was a a mixture. It was a mixture of stuff I wasn't doing, and then and then some. Yeah, but connected very well with adults and children alike. Just our future president, James Hancock the third. And then Andrew goes up and he's like talking about weed and sex in front yeah. of these like 10 year olds. <laughs> and it's not going badly, but I'm like, well, fuck, if I could have just done all the like drugs and sex material, I would have been able, sure I can do 30. If I just, if the only rule is don't swear, I can not swear for 30 minutes. I just, yeah. I thought I couldn't talk about sex and like, yeah, like I mean, I have a joke about eating ass that I could change to eating butt if that's the <laughs> if that's the only. Criteria. But we can't do that. Our picture's not on the wall. His picture's on the wall there too. Yeah, they took it down. Actually, they uh, they they Uh-oh. used it not 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 for any. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny to say it that way. They have um, they used to have his album on the wall. There. Yeah, because his homeboy, his homeboy that owns the club was yeah. like on the cover too, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had like a split album, but uh, 
now they replaced it. They have a lot of pictures of deceased comics, like as a tribute to. So now they have more. I mean, unfortunately, more comics have died. So they have, like, uh, I think John Witherspoon is a new addition. Um, oh boy, I know, Joan Rivers might have been there for a while, but there's a couple, yeah. a couple new. I think uh, John Panette is a is a new one up there. Anyways, so so yeah. Andrew Rivers that they have a new rule. I think at that club that no comics. So no comics can go on the wall that are still alive because I believe they put Patrice's picture up like not long before he -hmm. died as just like, this is a great comic. You're at a comedy club. I don't know if Patrice ever performed there or not. And then like not long after that, he died. So they're like no more living comics because we don't want to jinx, you know? So uh, uh, maybe if they put a picture up of Andrew, uh, I could get some of his spots. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, all right. I I do want to talk about this. Phone, because... right? Sorry, my wife had left her phone in here like earlier, and I keep looking at it, and I'm like, she's gonna want to come in here for it eventually <laughs> to catch. Did you just, like, just wing it at her? Come back in here. Huh? <laughs> Did you just wing it at her? You said good catch. Yeah, I just, yeah. We athletes in this house, bro. If I throw a phone. <laughs> Best believe a Hancock gonna catch it, okay? I always think about this. Like, I, I I would consider myself a feminist, but my wife is like, if I throw something at her, dude, she's like running out of the room. Like, well, like it's like I'm throwing her a grenade. And, uh, no, there's every, every now and again, I'll, I'll test my wife. Like, we were playing volleyball the other, like, on Saturday, we go play volleyballs. Uh, we go play volleyballs. We go play volleyball <laughs> on Saturdays. <laughs> and, like, we were just like in between games, and I had the ball, and I was just like, Babe, and I just chucked it like right at her face, and she was able to. She fucking karateed it out the way. I was like, "There you go, there you oh, go." And damn. everyone was like, "What is wrong with you?" I was like, hey, "We test reflexes in this family. <laughs> we don't play around, bro." She got hit in the face. It had been her fault. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna have a black eye going into work, and it's like, "Ah, we went and played volleyball this weekend." Uh, <laughs> James really tested me. Um, <laughs> so I, there's two things I want to talk about, but I'm kind of, I'm trying to decide which order to talk about them in because one might take us in a bad direction. Oh boy. Um, let's do the, let's end on a we'll end on a nice note. I talked to this dude, Brent Pella, actually, the guy that I talked to you uh-huh. about just a second ago. He looked familiar. I don't I don't know him personally. I think I might have done a show with him. I think he, he might have came down to San Diego one time and I did a show with him, but I'm not. That's probably true. That's certain. probably true. He definitely um he definitely he he hits the road like he's uh yeah uh he, that's what I'm trying to get into. Yeah, I want to get on the road. I need an agent like book me some stuff outside of San Diego. Yeah, it's way. It's way listening, check me out. Yeah, that's this board. is actually the majority of the audience is agents. They won't sign me, but they are looking for the talent that I bring onto the onto the podcast. Well, okay. No. <laughs> so, uh, Brent Pella uh, worked at the Kobe Bryant basketball camp, and mm-hmm. the earlier in the year. Or in 2019, there was a woman named Dina Hashem who made a joke about. Do mm-hmm. uh, you remember that joke about um, XXX? I don't remember the joke. I met Dina in Philly. I oh, okay. Dina Hashem in Philly. But what did she say? So her joke was like, um, there was this rapper named XXX Tentacion who uh, he died uh, tragically. He was going to buy like a car, and he had fifty thousand dollars on him, and he was murdered for the money. Mm-hmm which is tragic, but it's also a great ad for Venmo, uh, which is like, that's a pretty, I think it's, I think it's a funny joke. 
XXX Tentacion fans did not agree. And I, but, so like uh, Brent and I, Brent, Brent, now I'm like, it's Brent. Okay, Brent and I, I always get Brett and Brent mixed up. Um, I just talked to him like a couple days ago. Anyways, we uh, we were on the same side of the Dina Hashem one, where because she got like doxxed, her her family had to go into hiding because Damn. because XXX Tentacion fans were so rabidly angry at her for making that joke, which isn't even like really a joke about him. It's just no, he's not. That could be two years from now. That could be a different person, right? Yeah, but, you could do that about any rapper situation. That's not right. a. But uh, but uh, whatever. That's like a, a pretty rabid fan base. So many months later, and I the reason I remember you. So I the last road weekend I did was I was supposed to do so dude. I was supposed to April. I had like three weekends booked. I was gonna be so good, but I've been trying to be like you know to to go easy on it because we have this new kid. And so my last road weekend was January, late January, and. Uh, I was two hours from getting onto an airplane when we found out that Kobe Bryant died. Um, and uh, so Kobe Bryant dies. I see this video from Ari Shafir. Yeah, it, this oh, is all happening in real time. Yeah. It's all happening in real time for me. And then like an hour later, we find out that Kobe Bryant's daughter died. And, uh, and Ari Shafir has taken down the video by that point. So I can confirm, like, without a doubt, because I saw the video before. He didn't know that Kobe Bryant's daughter had died. But I I just want to I want to talk about this joke because I know you had a bad reaction to it. You didn't like the joke. And you were you said that, like, uh, jokes like that. You had something I remember being like, uh, uh, jokes like joke like jokes like that aren't funny, aren't acceptable, whatever. Something like that. Did you, yeah, you I think it was so, somebody here. It was on the San Diego page or something. Somebody had said, uh, like something about like his number it says something about the number 24 and how like ah dang he said something like the number 23 was jordan's and then now you were 24 and now you're dead before him or so it was just something about the numbers and stuff and i was like stuff like this isn't funny especially if you're not a funny comic yourself or something like that Gotcha. okay so 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 it wasn't what you said was not in reference to ari shafir it was in reference to somebody else yeah, no, it wasn't in reference to Archie. It was a legitimate, like a San Diego comic had said some shit, and I was like, "You're not even a good comedian, so like, shut up." Like, basically, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? And I like, I'm I'm cool with the dude that has said it. Now he even apologized to me, like in person. I was like, "It's not really. You don't need to apologize to me." You know what I'm saying? It was just like, and in the moment, I was, and it's not like I'm the hugest like Kobe fan. How could you not sure. be a fan of Kobe? But I mean, I wasn't like, you know, like putting up murals or nothing like that but i was just like yo like this man this man passed away he did not in any way deserve to pass away and for you to make it for anyone to make a joke out of it especially like the day of i feel like some i feel like comics sometimes are just like just too just too quick with 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 stuff and it's just like yo that's not so so that i want to right now you don't that's what i want to talk about all the time that's what i want to talk about though because i don't think that so first off uh ari shafir's joke i don't think it's a great joke but he was like obviously trying to be funny for like a small segment of the comedy, uh, people who like comedy that also like him and like that kind of dark shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some other good ones. Tony Hinchcliffe had a joke that was like, uh, like it was like um, Kobe passed. I can't believe it. Oh, like because he, yeah. you know, he has a he has a uh, reputation as a ball hog. Uh, yeah. My favorite comic, Joe List, had one that uh, was he deleted one 
after oh maybe maybe it wasn't but he, his joke was uh he just wrote uh i'm so glad i didn't have helicopter parents which is a brutal fucking joke but a very like i think it's a, a well-written joke i know you don't want to laugh on camera at it or you hate me for liking it but uh they're like those are pretty rough jokes and they're like right after right like the yeah i don't think you can make that joke that joke isn't relevant a couple weeks or months or years no. after right like so so that is like a real high degree of difficulty time to make a joke. I have a one moment in my life I ever made a joke like that where uh, my mom's dog had died, like pretty rough, in a pretty rough situation, like suddenly. And uh, I had always made jokes uh, about the dog. It's like a little like, you know, uh, like lap dog. And I came in and my mom and my sister, I like had, I didn't live at home anymore. I came came home, my mom and my sister are like devastated, crying. And I'm I'm hugging my sister and she's crying on my shoulder and I go, the dog was so fucking ugly though, and it like really <laughs> broke the tension, right? Like it really broke yeah. the tension in a way that like that's I think what those jokes are good for. But I I guess I don't even we don't need to go that much further down it. I'm just curious how you feel about that those kinds of jokes. And I say that mostly because I assumed you were talking about Kobe Bryant, but it sounds like it's or sorry about uh, Ari Shafir. Ari but I guess Shafir. it's yeah no it, like I, it's just like. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes comedians take the take the umbrella or the or the, or the shield of hey, I'm I'm a comedian, so I'm I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say this stuff that I'm not supposed to say, but I'm but I'm a comedian, and it's just like a, a certain time. Yeah, when you're on stage, and you know what I'm saying you, that that's your realm. But like mm-hmm. when somebody just when a, when a, a legitimate American icon just passed away that day, mm-hmm. that's not the, that's not the time to put that shield up and, and, and say some shit. Like let it. Like there's people that legitimately you're you're not a, you don't have to be a comedian all the time you know what I'm saying like you know like you're a comedian when you're on stage but other than that you know what I'm saying you're 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 Casey McClain you're you're your young child's father you know what I'm saying you're a good husband or whatnot you're not a comedian all the time like you don't always have to feed into that personality or that persona. Thank you for giving uh, me good husband. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if, if she don't tell you, I'm gonna tell you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you are the you are the uh, judge and jury on it at the end of it. So. Uh... <laughs> We've been waiting for your ruling on my quality as a husband. So, so okay, we don't we don't need to we don't need to dwell on that too long. I was I I think I miss uh misread your your status way back when. Um, oh, it's one of the few that I remembered because we were like not very far removed from uh from doing the competition together, and I was secretly stalking your page, hoping your career started going worse, and it was uh was disappointing at every fucking at every. Well, uh, it's succeeding every... now because I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but you're but you're keeping up with everybody else right now. Everybody's so. Let me ask you this then. You're, uh, I think that you are a nice guy. Do you think that's like you're like I? I don't know how to describe that without making it sound lame. Like I think you're a good comic, yeah. but you're like a nice guy comic, right? Like obviously yeah. you have a charm on stage, and people mm-hmm. people like that. Um, and I and I've made a a very embarrassing point of saying that you're also talented and a good writer in addition to being uh, <laughs> handsome with charisma and uh, charm, an unexplainable charm. Uh, I'm getting an erection never right gets now old just by talking way. about just, you. Yeah, listen, put it on loop, buddy. I'm, my, uh, my <laughs> penis is just uh, filling with blood right now, thinking about all of the gifts that you have. Um, probably a huge cock, too. I don't know. Like, uh, all right, Casey, bring it home. Just... <laughs> <laughs> what's the, I mean, are, are we gonna, are, are, we, are you gonna Cosby us one day? Are you gonna, is, is, what's James Hancock's dark secret? Uh, 
that's the thing. I got. I really. I'm, I'm not just saying it just because you know. Obviously, I'm not gonna say, "Oh yeah, roofie motherfuckers." Oh, I mean, obviously <laughs> no. But like, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I I do feel like I have done a very good job of trying to be the same person that you know that uh, that that stage persona that you may you know have seen this this nice guy, charismatic, you know, likable. Try to be nice to everybody that I encounter. Huge penis. I, yeah, the, oh, I, I try. Okay. I try, <laughs> try my damnedest. <laughs> I try my damnness to be the same person on stage as as I am off stage. So when I'm off stage, I, I try the best to be that same, you know, that person that that's try to be nice to everybody. Until you do something wrong to me, I'm not ever gonna do, you know, say anything anything wrong to you. I'll make fun of you, I'll roast you, mm-hmm. but it's all out of it's all out of love. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I just try to I I try to be that 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 person that everyone that everyone When's likes. Last time you got in a fight? Legitimate, you know, huh? When's the last time you got in a fight? I've never been in a fight in my life. Oh my God, this fucking sweet guy. I've never, I've never been in, at any times that I have been like close and like, I was like in the wrong and like this dude's like, yo, you disrespect me or whatever. I've always been able to, to make them laugh and kind of like dilute the situation and apologize and be like, Hey brother, I didn't mean to come at you that way. I apologize. You know what I'm saying? I made him laugh. So now he's already like, like, like fucking hey, man. All right, bro. It's all good, man. <laughs> and that's only happened like once or twice with like a couple guys like in the military that like wanted to they were like really upset at me over something that I said and wanted to fight me, but I was able to dilute the situation. But as far as me being the aggressor and ever being like, you know what, man, I, I'm I'm gonna fight this guy. Ain't, ain't nothing, ain't nothing that serious, man. At the end of the day, you know, you got it, it, the worst. The worst thing that you can do is just just cut the, or I guess the best thing to do is set a fight. Just just cut that person off. If you're already at a point where you want to like hurt that person physically, just don't ever talk to him again. You don't need you don't you don't need that kind of negativity. That's just gonna bring you down even more. So. Someday you're going to be very famous. I believe this. I want to know where what you where you see your career going. I do believe this though. I think you're going to be very famous one day, which is I truly believe that like one day people are this this episode of this podcast is going to go viral because they're going to be like, whoa, that was James Hancock <laughs> the third when he was living in an apartment in San Diego. Like, uh, uh sir, it's a condo. Let's, oh, I, let's... I apologize. Do you own or rent? Oh, we rent it. Yeah, no, we're that's not an apartment, that. baby. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred percent an apartment, but it's just called a condo. <laughs> that's nice. That's good. Uh, that's really churching up. Uh, uh... Is your does your door open to a hallway or the outdoors? No, it opens up to a hallway. Okay. Of a bunch okay. of other of three. How many is it? One. Is there two, a lock three... to get into that hallway? There's two, yes. Okay. So there's a door. All right. All as right. soon as you come out of my door to the right, there's a door that you have to have a key to. And then there's the little mail room. And then there's another door that leads to the outside and the street okay. and the homeless people. I'll consider I'll consider ruling at a condo. I need to, you know, see some paperwork and blueprints and stuff. But we'll we'll think you about and the, it. You and the wife come visit. Y'all ain't doing shit right now. Y'all come visit. Oh, uh, we got you trust me, you don't want this child. Unless you want to wake up at six o'clock. Uh, I already in the wake up at six. Oh man. I wake up at six every day, Saturday, I, Sunday. I might, I might have to. Uh, I know that's an empty offer, but now I'm just going to show up and live there until the end of the pandemic. Um. <laughs> There's a timeline. You get a week. Everybody gets. You, you get a. You get a week after after that fifth day. I'm be like. Hey Casey, man, I heard. Wow, Seattle the week got, got some... the week got shortened to five days. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> a business week. You get, you get a, you get a, you get a week. You get uh the f- end of those five days. I'm like, you've been here for three days. Get the fuck out of my house. It's been a day, okay? Uh, um, where do you? What was I? I I, I was just uh, I was embarrassing myself by praising you too much, and I was I, I lost track of where do you want this? Uh, where do you want your career to end up? Are you 
are you an, are you more actor than comedian? Are you more comedian than actor? Are you writing your own shows? What's the deal? What are you working on? And what do you think? Where's it going to end up? Because you're going to have and and remember that there's this uh, there's this pudgy white dude in the northwest available for punch up when the time comes. Okay, if you want someone to represent your white dad as a writer. I'm the guy for you, but uh, my uh, man. <laughs> but what? Yeah, no, I, uh, I I've always said that like I I, I want to be an actor. Like I really really want to be like a comedian slash like like see like I want to be like if I could I want to be like a even a much funnier Michael B Jordan. Like I want to be like a okay. Michael B Jordan, but like but like mixed with like Kevin Hart as far as like the Chris funny, like the funny side of it. You know what I'm saying? Well, Chris Tucker ain't got like muscles or nothing. Chris Tucker's a pretty skinny like. Damn, dude! Skinny. I didn't realize it was on physique. Like, uh, yeah, Chris man. <laughs> I be in the gym, bro. Me and I don't be like Michael B. Jordan, but like really funny. And like that was like the goal. Like when I first started doing stand up, I knew that I've said this before. Uh, like, I wanted to use stand up to get to acting because I knew that I could get my face out there with stand up because you can go somewhere and try to do like five minutes or six minutes or so. And if if it, if it bombs, they just won't invite you back. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you can't go to like a set or like a movie or something. And be like, hey, I'm an actor. They're gonna be like, what are you doing? Get get out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, if I do right. stand up, I'll get my face out there. People will hopefully ask the question, hey, can you act too? Because that's I know that's how a lot of stand up comedians got into acting. But now as I do it more, you know, after you know four years of doing stand up. I, I, I'm, it's so addicting and, and you love it so much that like now you want you want them both to do so well before I was like yeah stand up is cool I like doing that but I really really want to do the acting but now now they're equal now I just I just want them both to just skyrocket but my best case scenario would be like having like my own sitcom I would love okay. to like be the star of a sitcom and then like whenever and then I like do movies and stuff but then whenever I'm like like on tour with the show or whatever, be able to just like pop in to different comedy clubs and be like, oh shit, James Hank on the third is here. Yo, can you can you come do twenty minutes? Like, yeah, let me do like twenty, thirty minutes. Oh, and then you do ninety eight minutes. Yeah, I do like Chappelle at the store or something. But <laughs> <laughs> we've been here for three hours. What are you doing? <laughs> Every other comic has gone home. It's just you now. Yeah, the the I've heard those stories of those those dudes that go really long, and it'll be like mm-hmm. we got to take the drinks away from the customers now because it's now illegal for them to consume alcohol because you've yeah. been here for so long. But they got that they got that respect. But yeah, I would love to just be a con just doing my doing movies and stuff, and then just whenever there's a comedy club, just have that that little bit of clout to be able to just walk in and they be like, oh yeah, you can go do, go do ten, go do twenty. We got a special guest, and you know, so I would I would love to be at that level. Yeah, it seems like I think you're you're at this point also maybe even um there's like I can finally see how to make money in comedy. Like in the last couple of years it's been like I can see <clears throat> before it's like I just, you know, for my own ego I want to get booked on shows or whatever. And now it's like I can go make as even just a feature like 1500 bucks in this city yeah. uh whatever. And then as a headliner maybe especially if you could start selling tickets, like I can see there's something there where like, I think that's maybe uh, something of what you're saying. Like I could see if you're, when you're super famous and I'm on your writing team, uh, you and I, we walk into a club. I do 10 in front of you just to, you know, for uh warm them up, find out uh, who's warm got a birthday up. or whatever. And uh, no, but I, I like, Who's got a birthday, <laughs> dude? Uh, hold on. I don't. I don't, don't want to derail this too much, but I did there's a, a show. bachelor party at table seven. Okay, there's also a birthday <laughs> table nine. My man, I'll be back in May- the back. <laughs> Maybe the worst uh, venue I've ever done was this casino in like North Central Oregon, 
And uh, the MC goes out and like when I've emceed places, usually they say no crowd work, just do material. And that's fine. I, I like doing material. Yeah. Um, but I've also been places where the MC does a lot of crowd work. And so this MC goes out at this place, horrible venue. It's um free to get in. So everybody that shows up on time for the comedy show has to sit in the back because there's already people sitting in the seats closest to the stage that were just there eating and drinking anyway. Uh, they smoke indoors. There's uh, They didn't turn sports off on the TV. And the MC goes out and he goes, uh, this is his whole, his whole thing. He goes, does anyone have uh, celebrating an anniversary? And they're like, woo! And he goes, all right, happy anniversary. Is anyone uh, <laughs> celebrating a birthday? Woo! Uh, happy birthday. Okay, uh, anyone um, here on a bachelorette party? Woo! Congratulations on your marriage. Okay, your first comedian coming to the stage. Like, that's it. He doesn't, there's no, like, warming the crowd up at all. It's just like, let's have him do the thing that we least want them to do, which is to interrupt the show with their own bullshit. And yeah. then, uh, have a, a, anyway, that's what I'll do in front of you is all I'm saying. Perfect. Perfect <laughs> scenario. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get uh, – what time does The Bachelorette start? Uh, Bachelorette tonight it starts at 8, and it's a two-hour It's a two-hour special event. It's the men tell all. So, like, all the men that have been eliminated oh. come back and, like, bitch at, bitch at the girl about what she did right and wrong and whatnot. And so then I, I think it. after that it gets into, like, a regular episode after. Oh, I see. I don't watch any of these shows chronologically. My wife mm-hmm. watches – we don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Um, but – I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We watch – at the beginning of the pandemic, my friend texted me, does your wife watch 90 Day Fiance? And I go, literally, I don't know how we've missed it. It's the only show she doesn't watch of that type. And two weeks later, she turned on 90 Day Fiance. So I'm terrified that this is going to result in us having to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette from season one till now. But The Bachelorette is cool. I like The Bachelorette more than The Bachelor because Bachelorette, it's a bunch of dudes in the house. So they bro out and they like oh, they like okay. have fun together and like fuck around and it's 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 fun to see that 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 bro time you know. Does, what it, does it take you back to the military? Because I remember when the when uh when the Oakland A's had Barry Zito, Carlos Pena, Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, all these guys. They all lived in like a house, and there yeah. was a like a, I think it was like a maybe a short documentary about it. And I was like, that'd be the most fun house to live in, in the world. And that's kind of mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's how the bachelorette is. It's a bunch of dudes, it's a super nice house, broing out and like kicking it and shit. And all of them are essentially trying to smash the same girl. <laughs> so it's just like, it's pretty fun. But with The Bachelor, it's one dude and a bunch of women in the house. So now you're watching a bunch of girls just fucking petty fighting and fucking yeah. shit. And it's not, it's not quite, a, it's still entertaining. But I will say though, there, that but... all those shows, all these shows, my wife watches All the Housewives. She watches uh, 90 Day Fiance. I'm sure there's things I'm forgetting, by the way, because there's so many of these shows now. But the tell-all is amazing. Like, they should just have the whole season be the tell-all. Right, right. Does your wife know who Big Ed is on 90 Day Fiance? Have you seen those clips oh, of the of dude course. that's got, like, no neck and shit? No neck? Yeah, yeah. He looks yeah. like I, – I saw a thing that he looks like uh, if someone hit Chris D'Elia with a mallet. Oh, wow. That is a good – that's really yeah. good. He lives in my neighborhood. Oh, really? Yes, I've seen him. I've seen him three different times. He hangs out at this. Re- there's a restaurant that's down the street on uh, on University called El Contro, and he sits outside on the 
they've got like it's like a shape of like an L because it's on a corner. Mm-hmm. He sits in the same spot, like right behind the hostess stand, right there on the corner where everyone can see him. I think he does it on purpose. I think the restaurant probably was like, "Yo, you come sit here. People are gonna come to us. You got to take a few pictures yeah. every now and again." But other than, and he just sits there with you know, he's just sitting there chilling. And then I saw him. I saw him twice there. And then the right in front of my house, he was he, he drives a moped. And so he was like, he was right in front of my house on the moped and I was coming back from Vons with groceries and the dogs or whatever. And like, I was like, yo, Ed. And he was just like, <laughs> that's so funny. He, uh, if you want to see uh big Ed or the soon to be famous James Hancock, you know where to go now. You've, you've, San Diego, babe, we got it all. You've doxed yourself. He's, uh, he's, is he, is he rich? Big Ed, uh, I would imagine, I would, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much those reality TV stuff gets. So know. he's not rich before that, though. He's like a normal. Yeah, That's no, what gets I think me he, on those shows. Is These guys should be a lot richer, you would think, if they're, like, trying to bring a woman to. A, but, by the way, especially when they're trying to bring a woman that's, like, clearly in it for the money, you should be a yeah. lot richer. Yeah, there's a lot of these guys. <clears throat> I don't know, guys. I'm telling you, if I was a woman, dude, you have no idea how much money I would have. It would be ridiculous how <laughs> fucking rich I would. I would be taking advantage of all these fucking no-necked, weird-ass <laughs> niggas that like looking at toasters. What they went? I would do the most weirdest shit. I, I wouldn't touch them. I would just just whatever promises, pictures you want to send, feet, anything. I'd have a OnlyFans where I wear a mask and I'll do whatever you want me to fucking. all right i hope you enjoyed james hancock i really i really had fun i really had fun i hope that he uh does get famous and does let me open for him one day that would be nice uh very very funny dude all right let's talk about the world Dwayne Haskins, a couple weeks ago, he played against the Seattle Seahawks. Then he went to a strip club in Seattle, which I'm not a big, I'm not a big strip club guy. I've never been, I've never been a big strip club guy, but in my life, I've been to strip clubs, most of them in Washington state. And what I know about Washington state strip clubs is that you're not allowed to drink alcohol in them. So I have to imagine a guy that's playing his home football games in Washington, D.C., probably living in Virginia. I've been to some some East Coast strip clubs, and I can tell you there's there's a little more to do there. there. You could argue they're a little more fun. And I don't understand why the temptation was so high for Dwayne Haskins that he would break COVID protocol. And then, so he had uh, to miss practices, I believe, missed a whole bunch of... Uh, reps during the week and then gets the start on Sunday, plays terribly, gets benched. And then Ron Rivera says that he's not sure who's who's going to be his starter come next Sunday. And I can't even remember the dude's name that ended up starting because Alex Smith probably can't start. And Dwayne Haskins, less than two years after being picked, I think, 15th overall, but in the first round, by the Washington football team. I, by the way, if I called them by their other name, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, I do believe they should not be called that anymore. I don't know if I've said that yet during this, but I don't mean to. I never mean to. I've been trying 
to say football team, and I'm excited for when they come up with a name that's a real, a real team name. But uh, Dwayne Haskins got released, and I like Dwayne Haskins. I I think he's got NFL talent. He kind of reminds me of, uh, to a degree. Oh, actually, I remember early in his career. Uh, I think it was Stephen A. Smith, which makes the the story quite peculiar because this is normally the kind of mistake you would attribute to like racial insensitivity or racial profiling. But they called, he said, Dwayne Haskins can't rely. It's not college anymore. Dwayne Haskins can't rely on his legs anymore. Well, if you know anything about football, Dwayne Haskins is slow. He's a stick in the mud. That dude's a statue. He's not relying on athleticism. He's an arm strength, accuracy, decision-making quarterback. A classic pocket passer. Uh, they used to kind of do the same thing. They did the same thing a little bit with Jameis Winston. And I'd actually, I think that for a variety of reasons, these guys' careers maybe have some parallels because Winston is, I, I don't think Jameis Winston is a bad quarterback. And he ended up getting, he got picked up by the Saints. And then when Drew Brees got hurt, it looked like you'd get to see an extended stretch with Jameis Winston at the helm of an actually good offense. And then this whole Taysom Hill controversy happened, and I think it's silly that the Saints went with Taysom Hill, but it doesn't matter at this point. I wonder what kind of, is is Dwayne Haskins going to – he's 23 years old. I think he could go anywhere in the NFL as a backup right now and have some reasonable idea that he could become a starter in the future. I think there's probably some places that make more sense than others. Like I think New England uh, maybe makes some sense. Also a place where maybe Bill Belichick could whip him into shape a little bit. I don't know if Belichick's looking for a project at this point in his career. Um, Las Vegas with John Gruden. Actually, let's see. Has Gruden ever, has John Gruden ever commented on Dwayne Haskins? John Gruden, Dwayne Haskins. Have you ever said anything? John Gruden. Well, his brother, Jay Gruden, is um is <laughs> was who drafted. So anyways, he probably, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good place. I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he's he has starting starter caliber talent. I think he's not star- a starting caliber quarterback right now, but I think that the talent is there and I hope that he gets another shot. Uh it is fucking hilarious how stupid dudes are that he can't stay out of a strip club for long enough to uh keep his job (laughs) through the year and then i guess the last thing i want to talk about is a lot of people have been binging a lot of shows over uh, quarantine pandemic whatever you want to call it and i just so i watched a couple years ago my wife and i watched fargo seasons one and two this is by the way, this is my intro to the Cohen brothers. I've not, I didn't watch No Country for Old Men. I'm gonna watch it now, you fucking assholes. Uh, I didn't watch the original Fargo, the movie, uh, whatever their other movies are. I don't think I've seen any of them. I'm not like a Cohen brothers. I know they're they're in that like upper 
upper crust of directors that people love. And I believe it now. I watched... Um, so we watched season one, seasons one and two a couple uh, years ago, and then we watched, we started watching season three, I think right around the time we had our daughter and we just couldn't get into it. It's too, we didn't have the attention span and it's a show that absolutely requires your attention. We got bored like one and a half episodes into season three and we our uh, our in-laws told us like, you gotta, it's our favorite season. You gotta give it a chance. So we gave it another chance. We turned it back on, and uh, it's great. Season three is fantastic. And what I'm worried is about what I'm about to say now is that I'm going to have the same experience when I go back and watch season four. But season four, so seasons one, two, and three, if I remember correctly, they have this thing, and there's probably like a, a movie, a historical movie term for this or a literary term for this. But they have someone or something that represents, like, pure evil in those movies. So, uh, in season three, they have this British dude who's, like, kind of irrational. He has, like, an irrational obsession with gaining and retaining wealth. He doesn't, it's not like he lives, like, a lavish lifestyle. He doesn't get a lot out of it. He just has to acquire money. And he'll do it at any for any means necessary. Maybe he's like a representative of capitalism or something like that. The first season has Billy Bob Thornton, who is just pure, unadulterated, irrational evil. Uh I can't remember anything about the third season to be honest with or the second season to be honest with you. And the fourth season I thought I don't know if this was intentional or what, but it was uh, tinged with kind of like racial inequality because it was um, it was organized crime families is the like the familiar setting of this is organized crime families in Missouri. It starts out talking about an Irish family. Uh, or no, there's a Jewish family and they, uh, they trade their first or their youngest sons to each other as like a, uh, a method of creating diplomatic immunity. And then there's, so it goes Jewish to Irish, Irish to Italian, and then Italian to, there's now a black organized crime family. The black organized crime family leader is Chris Rock, is played by Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, by the way, fantastic. I don't know that I think Chris Rock is a good actor, but he was great in Fargo season four, I thought. But it was easily the worst season. Because, and I, I guess, like, you could say that, like, racism is what represents the pure evil in this. But we're talking about like two crime families. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it seemed like this and they're incredibly well made and they got, they have the like, uh, the like, you know, I think signature like directorial and writing like dialogue and shots and all that crap. 
all that crap, like the shit people love Tarantino for, they love, uh, it sounds like they love the Coen brothers for, and I think Noah Hawley is the name of the, the guy who does the TV show. Chris Rock is great, but this is the easily the worst season of the series. Apparently the last two episodes they had to film post, uh, post COVID quarantine, but that's not where the problems are. The problems are not the last two episodes. I mean, I think you could make an argument that the last episode doesn't need to exist, but those aren't the problem. It's just like, it's just a garden variety organized crime show slash these things are like long movies, basically. By the way, these are the this Fargo and Stranger Things and all that shit. I think I've said this on other podcasts before, but if you ever meet somebody that's like, oh, I can't sit through a two-hour movie, but they'll watch, they'll binge a, nine hours of a TV show, fuck that person. So I don't know what I'm saying here. Watch Fargo. Watch them all. Tell me what you think. Have you seen Fargo? What did I? So there's a thing that I, I'm leaving out from Fargo season four that I think end, it ends strong. I'll say that they tend to end with these like kind of surprise endings. I'll give it that it ends strong, but, uh, I don't think it was as incredible as seasons one, two, and three. All right. I'm going to get off of this. Happy new year. Go to the Patreon, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Casey McLean. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I will uh, talk to you next week.